321. Hello and welcome everyone to the No Outlet Podcast. And tonight, folks, tonight we have a big show. As you all know, I am a real, real admirer of artistic talent. And tonight, well, tonight we have real actual talent on the No Outlet Podcast. Our guest is a true, a true dual threat. She is a stand-up comedian and an actress. She is part of the Showtime comedy special, Funny Women of a Certain Age. She's been on Oprah. She's been on Dr. Oz. And she's been on the Howard Stern Show. She has been featured on Comedy Central, VH1, True TV, and she's even had her own reality show called Too Funny. Among many, many other accomplishments. And we are going to talk to her about all of that and so much more tonight. So without further ado... Please give a warm, no-outlet welcome to Carrie Louise. Carrie, how are you? Hey, I love the applause. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm doing great. It's standing room only here. You should see the crowd. They're so excited. Oh, my goodness. They've been waiting all day for this. (laughs) I love it. Yes. Line around the building, right? Around the block. You got it right. That's it. Love it. Um, All right. So we're going to play a game called 20 Questions. And it always starts the exact same place, and that's question number one. Question number one, and it's the most obvious question, how did you get into stand-up comedy? I got into stand-up comedy at college, Plymouth State College. What a great university. I don't know if you remember, I was Miss Plymouth State. I do remember. I went there, too, and I remember that happening. Yeah, so um, now you have, it, it all sounds great, but you have, let me just break it down to you, mm-hmm. how I want and all this stuff. So um, back when binging wasn't even binging, I loved comedy. I would binge watch VH1, okay. Spotlight, MTV, like I would just go home. I wouldn't even go to parties sometimes. I'm like, I just want to go home and wow. watch comedy. Yeah, I loved it so much. And it was on late at night and I kept on watching, watching. And so I always wanted to do some form of acting, but mm-hmm. in college, I never got to do acting one-on-one because all the seniors took it. So by the time I was a senior, I had to uh, do my student teaching, so I could not ever fit that class in. So I'm like, I got it. Right. So my sorority was running a beauty pageant, and um, they said, we need contestants. Now, I was a field hockey player as well, so I was very chunky and big and muscle. Oh, and come on now. I had short hair. Right. I had short hair. I'm not lying. I had short hair. I had DZ Delta Zeta shaved in my head. Yeah, no lie, no lie. I was that type of a girl, you know. And yeah. um, so that's just what I looked like. I wasn't a beauty queen, but I wanted to do something on the stage, and this was my only opportunity. I'm like, I'll do it, and I'll do comedy for my for my uh, talent. Sure. And yeah, so I ended up winning. All right, there was only three other. They, look, they needed contestants. There was only three other people. That in doesn't matter. The, yeah. And they, I don't, we don't even know if they were people. They could have been gay guys. Who knows? But I won. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how I won. I could have won out of technicality, but it doesn't matter. I won. And then next thing you know, which I didn't know, I was just doing this for fun, but I represented Plymouth State in the New Hampshire pageant. Oh, so the next time I was on stage, I was at a huge theater, 5,000-seat theater, wow. for representing, rep, trying to get Miss New Hampshire. If I won that, I would have gone to Atlantic City. Representing the whole state. Thank God I didn't win. But you know what I did win? I won Miss Congeniality. Hey, there you go. Because yeah. everybody loved me because I was not a threat. Because right. 
I wasn't, I wasn't going to win. Right. right. Uh, you know, talent, uh, you know, comedy is not really a real talent. Plus I was big and fat and I had short oh, hair. Oh, would you stop saying that? So, all right. So listen, I, I love that story for so many reasons. I do remember that competition and I actually remember you winning. I didn't know you went on to a 5,000 seat theater. So after that, you kind of had the, the bug and you just kept going with it. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. And so I got some press too, because I was like, who does comedy in a, in a, in a pageant. Right. So I got some, that, so it was different. So I got right. some press that way, which was great. And I loved that. That's, you know, that, but it was just, I was so out of my league because I was in a competition with, you know, 17 Gemini Ramsey types who have been doing it since day one. <laughs> right. Little, little robots, little, uh, and, and I'm like, Oh my God, I need, yeah. And I, I was like, I need a sequence dress. I had no idea how to do you know, I, I used my prom dress at, at the, uh, at Yeah. That's the best. But yeah. <clears throat> That's the best. So you've done both acting and stand up comedy. What do you like better? Ooh, good question. Is that question number two? Because I know it. I make these questions long. Um, these answers long. Oh, you know, I, uh, uh I like, I don't know. It's it's two different things. There's yep, two yep. two different skill sets. I think I like acting better because it's I don't get enough of it. Yeah. Plus, there's a lot. I mean, think about it. If you're doing acting, you can play so many different types of characters. You know, everything from scary to funny to happy to sad to whatever. Stand up comedy is kind of always you're doing the same thing. I mean, you get new material, right? But you're always doing the yeah. same thing. We're acting. It's like, who knows? You could play a, a murderer, you know? Right. right. It's always a challenge for me. And I think maybe that's why I like it. It's, it's different. It's a challenge. It's and it's exhausting, especially when you have to go there um, dramatically. It's exhausting. Yeah. Cause you really physically, your whole body goes there. Sure. Yeah. You tap into something. Um, yeah. And it's tiring. I don't know if you've cried all day, um, but it's tiring. <laughs> I haven't cried all day in a long time, but uh, yeah, I can tell you it, it, I, it sounds exhausting just saying it out loud. Um, yeah. So you've done a lot of things, as I mentioned, but have you ever seen a UFO? Uh, that's question number three. You got it. That's right. You're, you're good wow. at keeping track of the questions. I like yes, this. Yes, I am. I, I'm going to answer question number three real quick. Good. I'm usually long-winded with these answers, but I'm which I am right now. That's okay. And I'm just going to say no. Oh, bummer. Okay. Well, that's all right. It's an honest answer, and that's all I'm looking for. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. Let's, listen, as the great Elaine Bennis said, stuff your sorries in a sack. There is no apologies here. You can do. All right. You can say whatever you'd like. So I'm a huge okay. uh, Howard Stern fan. Uh, I was a yep. bigger fan a long time ago. Tell me about you being on the show. How did that come about? What did you do? What was the whole situation like? The truth is I weaseled in on my husband's uh, um, spot. Oh, was, when so he was I on married, America's Got Talent? Yes, and okay. I married a stand-up comedian who was on, you know, and I didn't think that through. No one told me, you know. <laughs> Because you always say, and these young people, they always say on their profiles on, you know, on Tinder and, all, you know, Mingle, um, all these dot com. I want someone a sense of humor. I want someone to make me laugh. Uh-huh. No, you don't, young people, if you're listening. Uh-oh. You don't. That's a clown. That is a clown. Oh, with no. And he will be a clown for the rest of his life. And, and he will have another kid. That's just like marrying another kid. Wow. So watch it before you say that. 
No, actually, I, you know, I love my husband, obviously. He won, almost won America's Got Talent. He lost to a dog act. I remember. Um, I was so pissed when I saw that. that so we're talking about yeah. Tom Cotter. And I remember he came yes. down to the final two, and right. it was unequivocally, without question, he was the better act. And I think they had America vote or some stupid shit like that. Yeah. And it was such a bummer and a complete travesty because he absolutely deserved to win, no doubt. Yes, he did. And uh, But, you know, if he did, it's not really a million dollars. In my small town, everybody would think that we, we won a million dollars. And if you if we really break down, it's like as if I got a part-time job at Dunkin' Donuts. So in my small town, I'd be walking around. People will be whispering, like, why does he still look like crap? So I thought our husband won the million. So, uh, so did you in get a to way meet? that, you know, from my point of view, yep. thank God we didn't win the million. Right. <laughs> Now, did you get a chance to actually talk to Howard? Did you, was there an interaction? Yeah. So, so what happened was I was in the waiting room and he was like, let's bring your wife on. And so I, I came on. So I, I got all dolled up thinking that he would do that because you know how, how Howard is. Of course. And, of course, he asked all those questions. So I was kind of prepared to, to uh, you know, let it all out because that's what sells. So we did. It was funny. I look at that clip and I still laugh today just how me and Tom are. Amazing. Like together. It's so funny. Yeah. I love that. Go check out that clip, guys. Okay, so uh, here's a question for you. Um, what are your thoughts on the long overdue act of making karaoke an Olympic event? Karaoke yeah. an Olympic event? Yeah, have you heard about that? There's a, there's, there's a movement to make it an Olympic event in the Summer Games. Okay. Karaoke. Karaoke, when you sing terribly? Yep, yes. that's the one. That's a talent event. That's not an Olympic event. That's not an athletic Olympic event. So you don't support it? I do not support oh, it, no. interesting. Okay, that's fine. People seem to like I that mean, in the audience. I mean, you know, save that for America's Got Talent. That could be an America's Got Talent thing. But just not right. Olympics. Okay, fair it's enough. It's not a, No, it's not. No, put cheerleading in there. Or field hockey is already in there, I think. Or right? field hockey is already in there, yeah. Yeah, okay. But, um, which, you know, I could have been somebody. I could have I done that if my mom ever said I was good. <laughs> Damn it. Okay. That's why I went to Plymouth State. I could have been somebody. I was good. I didn't realize how good I was. Um, but my mom was always like, I don't know. She got on the bus, and then she played field hockey. I don't I guess he was good. I could have gone D one. <laughs> right, right. Well, you know what? Who knows? But my mom didn't know. Like, they, she didn't know, like. She did the best she could. I love her. Love you, mom. Yep. But you know that back then it wasn't like it is now. I was now just it's like you come out that. of the womb with a field hockey stick or a, or a soccer ball. If you're not coming out of the womb with a soccer ball, forget it. There's no college for you. No, you're so right. And, and in fairness to mom, like back then, nobody had any idea of like all these club programs you can get into. They weren't around. So right, you, right. And you had to be like a real nutcase back then. To, right. to bring your kid through that way. So in actuality, I think your mom was much more normal to not have any idea what was going on. Because yes, no she had no did, idea. Right? Yeah. No parent did. Right. And looking back, I could have, like, you know, used that skill because obviously I didn't have any smarts. I could have used that skill <laughs> to go to a D1 school, That's and it. I could have been somebody. But now I'm a stand-up comedian working in the cellar or basement of, uh, you know, the Chuckle Huts. Oh my god. In um in Missouri where right. no one else lives. Chuckle huts. That's, so listen. Yeah, yeah, first life. of all, my life. I you, you can't so Plymouth State University, it's now a university, it's not a college anymore. Right. So it's, Right. So now we're much better. That's right. Just by the change of the name. Yeah. Just by the change of the name. And uh I would say that a, a graduate if did you get out in 4 years? Yes. 
there you go. So that that's a win right there. Because- well, I wanted to get out in four years because I wanted to. Well, the only reason I went to college is so I could play field hockey for four years. Wow. And the only reason why I wanted to get out on time is so I could do comedy. See, but just think about that, right? So you went to college to play field hockey. You end up joining a sorority that happens to put on this pageant and you happen to do stand up. I mean, in a way, everything kind of works out the way the universe wants it to, right? Right. Yes. 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 I okay. fell in love with stand up and then, yeah. I love it. Okay. So let yeah. speaking of stand up, um, when and where did you see your first live stand up show? That I saw me like on TV? No, no, no. Like who was the first person that you saw perform stand up in front oh. of you? Oh, a live show. Who was the first person? That's right. Oh, well, because I used to listen to records, like records when records yeah. were records. Yeah. If your young people are listening, <laughs> they have no idea what they have to Google record, right. Google images of records. Okay. Um, so I'm sure before, used, before you answer that question, I'm sure that you owned Eddie Murphy Delirious. You had to have. Uh, I did not. What? But okay. I know I was like not that like vulgar. I oh, had okay. Bill Cosby. But well, who knew? He was, I, well, he was I know, right? you know, right. uh, fast forward. He was not the family comedian that everybody thought he was. Okay, real quick. I don't want to get hung up on Bill Cosby for too long. But funny story. When I was in first grade, my first grade teacher had all these records. Bill Cosby, Beatles. And she wouldn't give us free time. So we'd listen to these Bill Cosby records. And he, look, all the terrible stuff that he's done aside, back then, before everyone knew he was terrible, he was freaking funny as hell. And right. Funny as hell, yeah. Do you remember that one bit he did with the guy he saved the snowball in the freezer all all winter because he was so mad at him and then somebody had thrown the snowball away so he went outside and just spit on him remember that no well anyway again i don't want to praise bill cosby but going back in a time machine to 1976 and the guy was a genius right that's what i i love i fell in love and that's more like my type of comedy i'm more of like a storyteller Mm -hmm. type comedy and but and then i loved and this is my husband and I bond, bonded over uh, George Carlin. We loved him. And oh, George yes. Carlin called him one day. No way. While we were in his basement apartment in uh, Boston, making out, <laughs> when making out was a thing, um, all of a sudden we had an answer machine. And your young people look up answering machine, yep, check get it a out. photo of that. George Carlin it calls and I'm like, pick up, pick up, pick up. He goes, no, no, no. He was afraid to pick up, but we, he has, he has a message from George Carlin saying he was really funny. Oh my we God. Like, that is great. Never forget that moment. Yeah. That might, he even, sent him a tape. that might even be better than talking to him because if he had picked up the phone and talked to him, he wouldn't have any recording of George Carlin saying that. Right. There'd be no proof or an evidence. And there is, I think he has it on his website. I love that. I love yeah. it. So do you write all your own material? Yes. You do? I, wow. Yes. Well, t- Tom helped me. That's why I married him. I, I needed punchlines. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> and, do you write and then for... I needed more material. So I had more, so I had more kids. That always helps. Do you That's write I, for yeah. other comics too? I do. I teach comedy and I end up writing. I, I act, I, I don't like to write. I, I'm more of a performer than a writer. Sure. But when I teach comedy, I end up helping them structure jokes. And I end up, you know, punching it up or giving them a tag or something like that. That is so cool. I mean, it really is. So let's talk about you and your husband because two people that have picked the same path both in life and their career, you know, obviously he's a professional comedian. And, and on one hand, it seems like it'd be a huge benefit. Like you were saying, like you guys can work on material together. 
But it, it seems like when I really think about it, that it might also cause some serious challenges like with scheduling because you guys are both on the road and maybe even a little bit of competition. So what is that holistic view of having two comedians married with kids? Like, how does that look? Absolutely. It is very challenging right? and difficult. And, um, but let's, and the competition, absolutely. So I'll show you how it evolves. Like when we first yeah. moved to New York, we were both, you know, comics. He had been doing it a little bit more than me. But then we're like, when you come down to New York, you're just like a, a, a smaller fish in a bigger pond. Mm-hmm. And it's, you're, you're just like trying to tread water, even though fish don't tread water, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, uh, so the phone was ringing off the hook for him and yeah, I'm happy for him, but it just was a reminder right. that the phone's not ringing off the hook for me. You know, what am I doing wrong? So that was kind of like, hard to navigate and uh you know even if you had a roommate you know right it's hard not to so and we weren't married then and that was difficult in fact we got two different um answer machines at that point just so we you know we it it was it was hard for even bookers to call and then i would answer the phone i'm like hello they're like oh uh because they didn't want to feel like oh i can't call because what if carrie answers we don't like carrie carrie's not funny yet as Tom, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Which, by the way, I went further than he did on Last Comic Standing. So just let's put that out there in the airwaves. There you go. So, you there know, you I and I know I only went further because I had bigger boobs than him, but still. Whatever. Again, the only thing that matters is what happens at the end, right? Whether it's the... Exactly. Right? You won. Yes. You went further. So there you go. So, yeah. So let that be a lesson to your young people. Take yes. whatever you have and then just, Use you know, it. go for it. Use, Use it. it. Because um, in this world, it's very difficult. So use whatever you can 100%. to get to the top. That is so true. So except a- weapons, yeah, except no weapons, weapons, no violence, no, no violence. Yep, yep. Yeah, no um, violence. So after watching, you know, your work and some of your interviews, it struck me that because I I do improv and I think that you would be an absolute ace on an improv team. Have you ever studied improv or done improv with a group of people? I have not. Wow. Um, yeah, that's so funny. I have not, but um, like I've taken some acting classes and they've done, they've touched on, you know, yep. this is the improv portion of the acting class and Got I've it. done like little things like that. I love watching improv, but I have never really got into mm. improv. And then every time I do an audition or whatever, I'm always improving. Of course. So, I mean, yeah. And I, and I improv myself when I do, you know, stage time and whenever I talk to the audience, that's all like kind of like improv is. But sure. never, a, never an organized, Group. Yep. Yep. Got it. Well, you're probably past that now, anyways. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Hold oh, on. Oh, I love dogs. Hold on, my kit. Okay. Sorry. That okay. Don't, don't be a don't no apologies. I forgot, so what kind I of forgot my kid. Come, my kid comes home at two thirty. What kind of dog? Now, do you have? now, all now the world is going to break loose. Ma, ma. Yep. Forgot yep. to warn him. Okay. <laughs> All right, we're back. We are back. Yeah, so this is how so we're doing the juggling. This is answering your question. Yes. How do you juggle? That's right. Sign language. I just told him, yep. <laughs> and right. mouth, don't then bother me. That's what I mouth to my to my teenage son. Mommy's busy. And hopefully it will work. Yes. But yeah, the juggling is very difficult too. With with my with now fast forward that we have kids and all that stuff. Now it's just like let we need to survive. And the phone. So can I just tell you this? Now is like the phone will ring um, for for a gig for Tom, you know, on his cell phone, and he immediately says, "Yes, I can do it." 
Right. When the phone rings for me for a job, I have to ask 20 follow-up questions. Like, where is it? Am I going to get home in time for the kids? Right. Do I have five people to take my place? How are the kids going to get to soccer? Is someone going to drive them? What about the dog? Yeah. All that stuff. Tom never thinks of that. Tom's like, yep, sure, I can do it. Interesting. So what you're saying then is you're a more considerate partner. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to put a fine point on Thank you. What I you feel were so much better that someone out there understands oh, where I'm coming from. Um, among yeah. all your other accomplishments, and there are many, you're also an author, and you've written two books, uh, Mean Mommy and uh, Harry the Elephant Has an Allergy, uh, and they're children's books. And what's... One, No, one's a children's book. Okay. One's a children's book. The Harry the Elephant Has an Allergy, that's a children's book. Mean Mommy is an adult book, and it has some swears in it, so let's not confuse the two. Okay, very good. I actually, when I when I read Mean Mommy, I, my brain automatically goes to adult so that's good that good. we clarified that. Yep. Um, and, and at first, a children's book would seem like a departure for someone who's a stand-up co- comedian. But really, I think there's a lot of crossover. Bottom line is, what made you want to write a children's book? So my son, Harry, <laughs> has an allergy. And I was driving one day to a gig, yep. um, long hours. And that's where my brain just like, once I decompose and I'm away from the family, like a lot of a lot of people ask, how do you drive so long for to do a gig? How do you do it? I was like, oh, my God, I'm away from my family for four hours. It's mm-hmm. like amazing. Then all of a sudden, like the, the nth hour, I'm like, I can think for myself. I'm like, oh, my God, this is, oh, wow, this is amazing feeling. And so I saw a billboard with an elephant on it, and he was eating peanuts. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, that would be such a funny story if an elephant was allergic to peanuts. Right. And. So I just started thinking, I'm like, oh, and then he meets a cow allergic to to milk and then meets a, um, a bee allergic to honey and so on and so forth. And what's so great about this book, which I love so much, is the illustrator is amazing and he is so great. And he's also a stand-up comic, Jimmy Carroll. Collaborating oh, with him sure. was just such a fun project because some of the illustrations were funny because I was like, I need I need these illustrations to be funny. And we had a little mouse. And the little mouse is on every other page with a little blurb of a funny blurb. And so it's, it's got some adult humor as well. And it just, it's a silly little story about allergies that just, um, it helps uh, spark a, a dialogue with your teachers, with your family, with your friends about allergies. I love it. It's always, it's one of the best ways to, to approach a topic that is serious and might be a little bit delicate is to find some humor in an aspect of it and go from that way. So I, I think that's Yeah, a, and so that's why I wanted to write it. Yeah. A really cool yeah. idea. And, and Mean Mommy is almost the same thing because I, I have a little bit of advice in there. Okay. But it's not, it's not, it's, it's advice from me, not from <laughs> any doctors or any real parenting professionals. But I think it's true advice from a good friend, like what they won't tell you. Yes. It's like, I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to say, look, this is what you do. Yep. You know, um, and it's also about the survival of the comedy trenches, married to a comic, dealing with kids, how I, how I juggled it all. Yeah. I mean, sometimes the things that people need to hear the most are the things that are hardest for them to hear. So uh, I, I like that. So you're also- And I don't hold back. You can't. Well, that, that's it, right? That's the whole idea is if you're going to tell someone yeah. the way it really is, you can't hold back. It's got to be unfiltered. 
Um, yeah. So you're also into sketch comedy, and you've actually won an award, which is really cool. So tell the the live studio audience and those listening at home all about how we do. How did you meet these people, and what's next? Um, what what did I win? What sketch comedy thing? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you go to I, you know IMDb, right? You've got your own yeah. little page there, and it yeah. says that you've won an award uh, for uh, a sketch group called How We Do. Are you not familiar with winning this? Are you not? Yes, I did win that. Okay. Okay. Um, wow. Yes, that so you've was done so much that, that was... you're you're losing track of all the great things you've done, and that's amazing. <laughs> Thank God you called me. I know. I would have been so depressed today. <laughs> I, do I was I just about to quit comedy before this phone call. Apparently, I'm good. Yes. Oh, yeah. That was a sketch, uh, a little sketch. It was more acting. It was a little sketch comedy with um, acting and improv type thing. I loved working with um, Pete McNamara, and he he was such a great director. He, like, let us go and in improv a little bit here and there, too. Mm-hmm. So that was, yeah, that was an award. And so I, what's next for me is I want to move more in front of the camera. I just did a pilot uh, this past weekend. I just wrote a pilot. Mm-hmm. Please, with your live studio audience yes. out there, please start praying that that gets sold. All these things, it's so hard. It's unbelievable. All this content in the world, it's so hard that actually, actually something gets made. Because so of all the gatekeepers you have to go through. It's yep. really nothing. It's never about the talent. Me, we're perfect. Right. It's just that it's, it's hard to get things to actually sell. So hopefully this sells and uh, you'll see me on Netflix somewhere. I love it. That's it's what the, I'm uh, hoping. We're, we're, we're trying to get past the entertainment Illuminati. That's what we're trying to do right now. Trying to yeah. make yeah. our way through. And everyone's, and everybody's trying to do it through social media as well. And um, that's difficult because you, it's, you got all these people doing social media stuff who are not even comics sure. who, who, you know, just especially from the pandemic started to get on the airways, everybody started loving them. And then they put them in the clubs because they have millions of followers. Meanwhile, I'm been doing it for 30 years. They're like, right. yeah, I know, but they have the followers and they couldn't follow any comic that has been doing it for as long as I have, but yes, they get the work. Well, we're yeah, going to so do that's our part. We're going to do our part. We're going to help you out. Yeah, you and your live studio audience. Yeah, I love it. You got it. All right, so here's a very important question. You would be an amazing game show guest. You can pick right now. You can wave a magic wand, and you can go on to any game show that you want, right? What game show do you pick? Oh, this is going to disappoint you, my answer, but it's Family Feud with no. my family. What's disappointing about that? That's great. It, I don't know because it's just so old school. But And, and here's the disappointing part. Okay. My husband and I, like every night, that's what we'll watch together. We are becoming our parents. You know that that commercial, the progressive commercial that you're becoming. <laughs> yes. My husband and I, and here's the sad thing about that too. Okay. We'll fat we DVR and we'll fast forward because we don't want to watch commercials. So we will DVR um, Family Feud, but and we'll fast forward through the commercials. And then, but when we see that progressive commercial come on, yep. we'll stop it to watch that commercial because yep. it's so funny. Well, listen, the reason why they made that commercial is because there's a lot of folks that can relate to it and it's all about making something that's relatable. So it's working and, and it is totally working. Right? Yeah. And, and, and that is the sad thing that I actually stopped to watch that commercial. And that's what I think progressive. If you're listening, 
you, we, and I want a writer's credit. That's right. You've got to do a commercial about that and how parents are now stopping and watching commercials. That's a good one. I like that. that I know. In. Can you imagine? Oh, wait, hold off. Hold off. I love that commercial. And then they're like, Mom, why are you stopping when you when you can fast forward through this day and age? You're not supposed you want. to watch commercials. All right. So now, are you a New Hampshire native? Or if not, where did you grow up? I grew up in eastern Massachusetts, which is right near Brockton, 30 minutes south of Boston. Oh, sure. Yeah. And I loved New Hampshire. I loved my time in New Hampshire because I was a skier, too. That's another reason why I chose sure. New Hampshire. And, uh, you know, you remember you used to ski for five bucks on Fridays? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Cannon Mountain, right? Or one of those. Yes. Yep. Yeah. W- one year, two years in a row was Cannon, and then it was another month. But five bucks for fr- on Fridays to ski. Yeah. Loved it. Absolutely. Those so, were the days. Those we didn't were know how the days. We had it. Right? Five dollars went a lot further back then in all aspects. You- you can't even buy a coffee for five bucks now. Literally, you can't buy a coffee for five bucks now. So mm-hmm. when you go back to Eastern Mass, what's a can't a can't miss uh, trip? Like, is there a restaurant you go to, a bar, a place that you just got to go check out? Mm. Uh, you know, here's the sad thing. They've all, they've all, it's all changed. Yeah, I, I feel I lost know. now when I go to Easton. It's all the 110 I, grill. Everything's, everything is like. Yeah. Gone. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Well, that's fine. So it's, but you know what it is? My go-to is Dunkin' Donuts with my family. Cause I go there to visit my family. I, I hardly see them. So we, we go to Dunkin' and. Dunkin'. That's a New England tradition Dunkin'. right there. Yeah. All right. So do you remember the first movie that you saw when you were younger that made you realize, like, I'm talking way before, maybe around the same time you started listening to Bill Cosby albums, but it was the first movie where you, like, watched it, and you're like, oh, okay, that's funny, and I understand why, because when you're a kid, you might be watching something with a parent or an older person, and they're laughing, so you know that it's funny, but you're not really sure why. And then there's that one moment where you see something, and you're like, okay, that's funny, and I get it. Like, I understand it now. Uh, first movie would be The Breakfast Club. Okay. Yep. Absolutely. But the first moment of why, uh, you know, I wasn't allowed to watch it, but then I realized I could watch it and I get, I got it was I snuck in to watch Saturday Night Live. Oh, no way. That was, that was the moment I was like, I get this. Yep. That's awesome. Rosanna Dadana Badana. (laughs) Rosanna Dana Dana. Yeah. She had that crazy hair. She was my favorite. I didn't know why. I didn't know what I was watching, really. Right. I was kind of, I kind of got it, kind of not. Right. But I knew that whatever that was, that was, that was unique and special. And I, I wanted to do that. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you've performed everywhere. And at the end of the, this episode, we'll get to your upcoming shows so people can know where you're going to be. Do you have a dream location that you're like, I want to play here i want to play there like is there some spot that you've always kind of been like striving to play um yeah i i'm gonna put it put it out there on the airwaves there you go i've been dying to do comics come home which is a fundraiser and uh in boston so i've been dying to do that um i've been up for it a couple of times i think from what i hear but then they would go with another girl well, they, for the longest time, it was Boston. Now, Boston is such a boys' club. Right. They hardly, time. hardly, yeah, big time. So um, 
I think that helped me in my career because I was constantly struggling and that's all I know now is just struggle. So that's why I think I've been in it for so long. Like I don't give up because I'm like, this is how it's supposed to be. Struggle, struggle, struggle. And so when I, it prepared me to get down to New York and be in this uh, bigger pond and still maintain that struggle. But I've I've always, I always want to come home and do comics come home and it's Dennis Leary's uh, fundraiser. And it's a huge event every year. Carolyn Plummer did it last year. She killed, which is great. She did amazing. But a couple of women beforehand, this is just, what I hear in the business didn't do as well. So they were like, well, we can't have women. That's oh, my Jesus career. Christ. If one woman doesn't do well, all women aren't funny. So we're not, we're not, but yet they have five other guys. And if one guy doesn't do well, it's not all guys are not funny. Right. It's just that guy's a loser. That's, we want to invite him back. Right. Yeah. So that's another little insight of what it's like to be a woman comedian. Oh. So if that's why I have yet to do that, hopefully I will someday. They'll yes. ask me. It'll happen. It's going to happen. Uh, so I played golf once. I know it's not Dennis Leary, but it's Lenny Clark, who's kind of in that same boys club yes. that you talk about. I played yes. golf with him one time. And let me tell you something. He is a naturally, this is a long time ago. This is probably like 2002, but he is a naturally funny person. Like the entire 18 holes, all four of us. Yes. It was me, him, Jim Rice, and I think somebody else from my company. And it was just laughter the entire time. Yes. Just a good guy. He is always on, never stops, and it's always funny. It's yes. never annoying either. And the no. nicest guy. I and agree. the nicest guy. You know, some people who are always on is sometimes they're kind of annoying. Yeah. And then when you get them on stage, it's like, all right, you're not funny. Uh, right. Um, but that that's not the case with him. He's always funny on and off stage. Yeah, hundred percent agree. Um, what are your thoughts on crowd work? Uh, well, I I don't like to do it a lot because yeah. when I watch people do it, it kind of slows down the show. I think it always slows down the show if it's done incorrectly. Mm-hmm. So when I do it, I like to be in and out and in and out, and that's it, few and far between. But I don't like to do a lot of cl- crowd work. It, it's not really my thing. Some people can do it, and some people can do it really well and, and move it along. Yep, yep. No, I hear you. That, that seems to be the, the prevalent thought. Okay, so this is going to be a tough question, so I apologize right up front. Um, but So you know Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore has four uh, dead presidents up there forever on the yes. side of a mountain in South Dakota, I believe. Um, so if you were going to make a Mount Rushmore of stand-up comedians, so you could, you're going to have this whole thing commissioned. There's going to be four faces up there. Which four stand-up comedians are on your Mount Rushmore of comedy? Holy cow, that's a great question. Um, that's like an essay. I'm going to need to sit down and. <laughs> okay, we got time. <laughs> um, well, obviously, my husband. Oh, good answer. <laughs> um, and. Uh, it can be anybody, or it, does it have to be like? No, no. This is your Mount Rushmore. It's nobody else's. So it could be a comedy. It could be a stand-up comedian that nobody's heard of or everyone's heard of. It's totally up to you. You could put yourself up there if you wanted to. All right. Well, then me right next to my husband. There you go. <laughs> it's my mountain. It's your mountain. Right? God damn it. Uh, yep. it and, and I'm going to put myself out there, right? Because yeah. you have to. You have to be a, a fan of yourself. You have to put, You have to believe in yourself. That's step one. And you have to show your worth. Yeah. Now, 
I wish I knew this back in my back in my young days, but I know it now. So you're young people, if you're listening, you have to get some pom poms and be a, your own cheerleader because no one else will. Yep. No one else will. Well, and if you're not willing to, then how is anyone else? If you don't believe in yourself enough to get out there and, and cheer for yourself, how could you ever expect anyone else to do that? Right. So it just right. makes perfect sense. Right. 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 Uh, so me and my husband and then <laughs> two others. That's right. See, who do I want to be on the mountain with for the rest of my life? Right. right. I love David Tell. Oh, that's he's a good just, one. He's just ma- he makes me laugh. And, uh, in, um, uh, Brian Regan. Wow. Awesome. I mean, David Tell is like a comics comic, so that's a great one. And Brian yes. Regan, I think and- is like an unsung, like a lot of people don't know who he is, but if you guys go and check out YouTube and look at his videos, the guy's a riot and he's been doing it forever and he's really, really good. And he's a millionaire because he works clean so there he's like at the, at the other end oh, of the spectrum that's interesting he's total other end of the spectrum david tell okay so that just goes to show you so when people walk by my mountain they're going to be like oh i get it so he by likes be- a lot of things but <laughs> so by being clean <laughs> does that allow him to do things like ransom missouri or corporate gigs or things where yeah. okay got it that makes sense yeah he's yeah and the corporate gigs are where the money is so right. he he you know he makes tons of money and and is booked solid and real in the corporate world just you know Kills you can't him. you can't get them yeah yep what are your thoughts on the fifth dentist that does not recommend sugar-free gum for their patients that chew gum <laughs> he does not recommend or he does recommend he, he does he does not recommend sugar-free gum there's there's five dentists out there that apparently control the entire influence of all dentistry. Right. And four of them say, hey, if you're going to chew gum, chew sugar-free gum, which makes sense, right? Then there's this one guy or girl, who knows, but there's this fifth dentist who's like, no, I'm not going re- to recommend sugar-free gum. I'm going to say that you should chew gum with sugar in it. Now, I've got a theory on this person, but I wanted to get your opinion on it first. All right. My opinion is this. Uh and it's funny that you asked this. I'm, I'm surprised. My ki- you probably talked to my kids. My kids probably asked you to ask oh, this yeah. question. They are not allowed to chew gum. Period. Whoa. In my house. Too annoying the sound. Because well, no, I have a phobia. I don't know if this is even a thing, but I cannot look at already chewed gum. It makes me. Cr- it's like <laughs> it's like fingers on a chalkboard. Even me talking about it right. making me cringe. I'm well, having my hairs are, are sticking up on the back of my neck. I can't see it or do it. And, and if, that, wow. if, if, if my kids disobey me and I see gum like on the floor, because, you know, kids, they don't know how to throw away their gum properly. I'm always like, you get a napkin. you got to throw it away. If they don't throw it away properly, I see it in the trash like that. Or if it's on the floor, I'm like, oh, someone come, pick this up, pick this up, I know. And I oh like freak gosh. out and well. scream. So I, I agree. I, I don't um, um, approve of any gum anywhere, anyhow, in any way, situation. Okay. Period. Well, Sugar-free or not. Yeah, no, just no gum. And you know what? There is a country just like that. Singapore actually does not allow any gum to be chewed because they know what happens next, which is what you're worried yes. about. Because it gets spit on the ground, and it's impossible to get off the tar, and it looks like shit, and it turns black. And right. so if you go to Singapore, you cannot oh. chew gum. 
Oh my God, this quit. Yes, even this conversation is making. And then under the table, under the table, under your desk in school. Oh my! And I hated when my cousin. She would used to always do this. She would save her gum after she eats. <gasps> oh, Terrible. she would put it on. She would eat with me and put it on her tray and then pick it up and put it in her mac. I could not. I couldn't eat. I was like, "Why? You, I just. I can't." Oh, gross. <laughs> okay. Um. That I'm, I, let's let's go on to the next topic. It's too traumatic. Yes, thank you because I can't breathe right now. Okay, um, so in your opinion, what is the most aggressive sounding uh, language? Russian. Yeah, pretty rough, right? Yes. And do you have any like foreign accents? So you, do you have a, a a go-to if you're doing a sketch, if you're doing any kind of a bit? Is there an accent Boston. that you feel? Uh, well, that's an easy one for you, right? But do you have like the Boston I, accent? All right, give me your best, I, which is pretty foreign. It, uh, it can be. You're pretty, right. So let, let's it hear. Can it. Be. Give, give me your best Boston. Oh God! Oh God! You put me to the test today. I am. Um, get your father. We got to go to Star Market and get a card for Father's Day. You got to get a card and get. Don't forget your quarter because you got to put the quarter to get the card. It's pretty in good. the car, we'll go down the aisle and um, get uh, your father a little something. You got to get him a little something wicked good. Oh my something god! Something really fucking wicked, buddy, buddy. <laughs> Every- put your windows up in the car. <laughs> I love it. We're, so many- we're here in, we're in the parking lot at Star Market. Get get your windows up. Let's go. That's. That's a plus for so many reasons. Not only does it sound authentic, but I like all the little, like, get your, your father something little. That's so spot on. And every other kid's named Bobby. Every other kid's yeah. named Bobby. I love it. Um, <clears throat> all right. So we are down to the last question. And it's the easiest question of all of them. So for those folks in our audience that have been cheering you on all night and the people listening at home, where can they learn more about what is next for Carrie Louise? Where are you going to be performing? How can people follow you on social media? Let's get all the plugs out there. Like, how do people get more of you? Okay, so to get more of me, you can go to at Carrie Louise Comedy on most platforms, mm-hmm. pretty much all except Twitter, but who cares about Twitter? And um, I have a, a, a voice. I have a sound on TikTok. I have like a little bit of a um, hmm. viral video going on on TikTok, and I have a sound, which sounds great. But then when you go see, like, people copy my sounds. Right. And one of my jokes is is, is um, almost 2 million views now. It's past 2 million views. Oh, that's cool. Um, where I make fun of my husband and my husband's voice. It's called My Husband's Voice. It's, it's pinned on all my um, – it's pinned up on TikTok and, and Instagram. So people have, but on, but on TikTok, people have repeated my voice and does, does, they do a voiceover and I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. But then I would look at all these people and listen to them and I'm like, oh my God, she sounds horrible. (laughs) (laughs) So I hate my voice. It's like a, it's a bittersweet little thing. Sure. But, um, so, but I encourage you to go to TikTok and and do that, do that, do that voice because I love it. We're going to do that for sure. And and where are you playing live next? Where can people go see you? So I, on my, on all my platforms, I put my tour dates up there. Okay. CarrieLouise.com is, uh, is you can buy tickets on CarrieLouise.com. Just scroll down to tour or click tour and you'll get, get all of my tour dates and tickets. This weekend, I am going to be at the comic strip this Friday night, comic strip. Love and it. then I'm doing a, um, a Virginia and Delaware uh, 
Maryland type tour south um, all next week, the 8th of February through the 12th. Beautiful. The 12th, That's I'm going to be back in the city too. It's all on my, it's all on my website, carrylouise.com. Guys, go check out her website. Go check out her Instagram. Go find her viral TikTok um, where she makes fun of her husband. What could be better than that? Um, I want to thank you so much for your time. I can hear your live studio audience running oh, right now. I well, can hear them. You should see them. <laughs> if you could see them, you'd be so impressed because they're actually doing the wave like you see at Fenway Park. They've got oh. these big, huge flags with your face on it. They've got a field hockey stick. They're going crazy. That's just, right, as it should be. They just love you. They've got they've got your name shaved in their head, just like you have your thing shaved in there. It's it's great. It's great to see it. Uh, you've been in delight. I really appreciate your time. I wish you nothing but the best. And um, you know, keep doing your thing. Be your biggest cheerleader, and we're going to see you out there on the road. And I have a feeling. I have a really good feeling that you are going to do comics come home sooner than you think. Thank you very much. I had. So much fun on this podcast. I actually laughed out loud a few times. Thank you very much Absolutely. for having me. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.